not just being led to and fro by whatever I feel. The feeling is not an excuse. You've got to at least have a fight. Welcome to episode four of the Redmond Podcast. I'm so excited for what we have going on today on the podcast. You know, the whole goal of this is really to help men be better fathers, better leaders, better husbands. We want to help you grow uh, spiritually and relationally. And so on today's episode, we have something special. It's actually from a talk that I did. It's called The Seven Supplements of Faith. I spoke this at a remnant night, and I really think it's practical, and it's going to help you guys. And my favorite part is at the end, there's this moment of reflection where, you know, I hope that God would speak to you and show you if there's an area of lack in your life and that you'd begin to operate and, and take a next step in growth and victory in that area. And so I start off by reading in 2 Peter uh, chapter 1, verses 5 through 10. So we're going to start there. We're going to listen. Let's jump in. The Bible says, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness and steadfastness with godliness and godliness with brotherly affection and brotherly affection with love. There's the seven. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these qualities is so nearsighted that he is blind, having forgotten that he was cleansed from his former sins. Therefore, brothers, be all the more diligent to confirm your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fall. What a promise from the Word of God. You will never fall if you practice these qualities. You can have a seat. The seven supplements of faith. Peter lays out seven supplements that we as men, as people of God, ought to attach to our faith. And he starts off with the first one. I'm just going to go through. And if one of these speaks out to you, I want you to write it down and really begin to ask the Holy Spirit, God, help me in this area. But the first one he says is virtue. But the word virtue here, when you look at it specifically, it's speaking towards a moral excellence, That we as Christians, as Jesus followers, ought to be adding a moral excellence to our faith. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment. Moral excellence meaning what? Meaning that there are morals. There is a lifestyle. There is a, 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 a fluency to the rhythm of your life and to the rhythm of who you are. You know, compartmentalization will ruin a man. Because you have a flow this way, but then a flow in another direction. Like the Bible talks about no one can serve two masters. Well, you can't live in two versions of yourself. And so Peter's telling us, well, you have to have virtue. You've got to have moral excellence. You've got to have rules that you live by. You've got to have standards that you, that you set your life upon. What is that saying? Wholeness. You've got to have a wholeness about you. Add wholeness to your faith. But then he says, number two, knowledge. And what's knowledge? Well, knowledge is wisdom. Knowledge, when you look at the Greek word that's used here, it speaks towards doctrine, that we ought to know what we believe. We ought to know about what we believe. You need to know what you believe. You know, like we hear the story of, of, the, uh, of the blind man, I once was blind, but now I see. And, and that's how your testimony starts, but that's not how it stays. That's not how your story stays. There does need to come a point where you begin to, well, you begin to learn the deeper things of God. You know, that's why in tribes we read, and we try to learn, and we try to grow. And so you, you need knowledge You know what I love about knowledge and and wisdom? It's like the Bible almost tells us we have no excuse to not have wisdom. Why? Because if you ask, you'll you'll get it. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask, and God will give wisdom. Like the Bible says in, in James, if you lack wisdom, ask. So we are without excuse to not have wisdom. 
We are without excuse as men of God to not operate under understanding and wisdom and sound doctrine. Amen? Amen. And so he says knowledge is supplement number three, self-control. Self-control. Add to your faith self-control. Well, what is that? That's self-restraint. That's self-mastery. That's discipline. That's control of what? Of yourself. That's control of your thoughts. You know, we just read as the tribes a book, Battlefield of the Mind. How many people absolutely loved that book, Battlefield of the Mind? It's a phenomenal book. And one of her points in there that she talks about is you need to think about what you're thinking about. What is that? That's self-control. That's not allowing your mind to wander. Come on, as men, it's easy for our minds to begin to wander. You know, you see something, you get distracted. Sometimes it's with, with people. Sometimes it's, it's with urges. Sometimes it's with women. Or sometimes it's with things or with achievements or with money. But Peter's saying, no, you've got to add self-control to your faith. You've got to have control, and you've got to begin to master these urges. Now, are we going to be like Jesus? Certainly, he is the standard by which we're living our lives after. Like, I want to be more like God. I want to be more in control. I want to be like Job, who said, I have made a covenant with my eyes that I shall not look at a woman with lust. I want to be like that. I want to have self-control of my urges, of my thoughts, of my feelings, not just being led to and fro by whatever I feel. No, Peter says, not you. You've got to have self-control. You know, maybe you're struggling in this area, but, but let there be a struggle then. <laughs> At least there's a fight. Like, fight. Don't just give in to it. Well, I, you know, I felt it, so I, I went for it. Well, no, fight. The feeling is not an excuse. You've got to at least have a fight. You've got to at least attempt. You've got to at least step out and say, you know what? I might not be in victory now, but I want to begin to walk towards victory. And so at least there's got to be a fight. You've got to struggle in this thing. You've got to not surrender to, to, to your own flesh. Number four, he goes on, steadfastness. Steadfastness, supplement number four. And what is that? That speaks to endurance. You know, when you look this word up in the Greek, it's like patient waiting. Patience and waiting and consistency. You know, consistency, I think, especially now, is so not celebrated in the world. Like, no one is celebrating the guy who's been doing the same thing for 50 years. Well, he's just got a good family and his kids all love him. And it's like, no one's looking at that. And everybody wants that. Everybody wants their children to love them when they're older, and they want to have a healthy marriage for decades and decades and decades until death do you part. But no one celebrates what it takes to get there, which is consistency, steadfastness. Peter says, no, we, we ought to be steadfast in our faith. You've got to add consistency and steadfast. You are not a flake. You are not a flake as a father. I'm speaking this prophetically over you. You are not a flake as a husband. You are not a flake as a man. You are not a flake at your job. No, you are consistent, and you have a steadfastness in your heart. You have a consistency in your soul. You know, it's like Jesus celebrates what culture ignores. You know, what does it say at, at the end? It says, when we get to heaven, well done, my good and faithful servant. Like, that's how God is going to recognize us, by our faithfulness to him. God celebrates faithfulness, and so Peter says we ought to be faithful. Number five, supplement number five, godliness. I know that sounds like such a big word, like godliness. I've got to be godly. Well, if you break it down, it speaks to devotion and to piety or reverence, that there is a reverence on your faith, that there's a devotion to your faith. Now, what does that mean? 
That means like devotions, like that means like the Bible, being in the word of God, being in prayer, being in worship. Peter says you've got to add that to your faith. You've got to have what? Spiritual disciplines. You've got to have devotions with the Lord. You've got to know the God that you serve. You've got to have a relationship with God. You've got to revere the Lord. You know, that speaks to obedience. You know, that speaks to serving. Many of us in this place, we serve on Sundays or we serve on Wednesday nights with the men's workforce. That's godliness to God. That's reverence to God. That tithing, it speaks to tithing. When you give unto the Lord, that honors the Lord. Honor the Lord with your wealth. That honors God. That speaks to godliness. You know, 1 Timothy 4.8 says this, for training of the body has a limited benefit. Paul's just straight up. Like, you can work out, but there's a limited benefit there, my friends, he's saying. But godliness, he says, is beneficial in every way since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. So physical training, yeah, that's okay, but it's not really a lot of benefit. But what there is benefit in is in being godly, in building your soul, in building your spirit. Amen? Amen. Number six, supplement number six, brotherly affection. And any of you scholars in this place know that there's multiple words for love in the Bible. And here we see one of the words for love being used. And the word is Philadelphia, or brotherly love. Now this speaks to loving one another. This speaks to loving the man sitting next to you, your brother in Christ, right? Loving each other. That speaks to forgiveness and forgiving each other and being open to forgiveness. Even, it even speaks to like relationships. It speaks to relationships. But he says, add brotherly love, add affection and forgiveness. You know, I really like this one because when I was reading it, you know what the word came to me that I think sometimes we're lacking is encouragement. Like that's brotherly affection. When was the last time you encouraged somebody? I know a lot of times we're looking for it, but I think as men, we're called, like Peter says, to show brotherly affection and add that on to our faith. That means speaking encouragement to someone, speaking life to someone, you know, celebrating someone. You know how you know you have a good friend? They celebrate you genuinely. And when you're doing better than they are, they're happy for you and they're not comparing with you. See, comparison is not brotherly affection. No, but love, forgiveness, grace, encouragement, there's brotherly affection, amen? Last, but certainly not least, then he says, love. Love is the last one. But the word for love here is different than the love we just saw. The word for love here is agape love. This is God love. This is the kind of love that we uh, try to achieve, but that Jesus has. This is the, the God love. This is sacrificial love. This is the kind of love that isn't just for your brothers, but it's for your enemies. This is like the love that... Um, that uh, Paul uses when he says, husbands, love your wives, as Christ loved the church. We ought to add that kind of love. This is another word for it is charity, is showing love to all. Peter says that's a good thing. We ought to have agape love like God has agape love. And that's going to be a supplement to our faith. Uh, 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter. Everybody familiar with that? Love is patient, love is kind. I want to read it with you because I think... Well, first of all, the word love, when you read that chapter, is the same word Peter's talking about. It's agape love that we see in 1 Corinthians. So this is the definition of that love. And I want to read this together. And uh, I pray as we read it, you just ask God, Lord, do I love like this? Let's read it. The Bible says, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. That's a tough one. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but it rejoices with the truth. 
Love bears all things, believes all things, and hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. You want a Bible verse that will like change your marriage? <laughs> Read this and put your name in the front and say, Holy Spirit, what, what do I need to work on here? This is the kind of love that Peter's saying we ought to have. Agape love. And so with all seven of these, I just want to take a moment and uh, if one of these stood out to you as I was speaking, I just want to take a moment to reflect together. Would you do this? Would you just bow your head for a moment and just enter into a space where it's just you and God and you know, this is just a devotional time where I'm praying that the Holy Spirit speaks to you. And if there's one of these areas where you feel like, man, I could do better there with, you know, in my marriage or, or with, with my children or with my friends or in my relationship or even just for me, just take a moment and ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, which of these supplements am I lacking? And I'm going to pray for you in a moment. pray for you. And so, Lord, I thank you, God, for your word. I thank you for this verse, God. I pray that you would help us with these qualities, God, that like your word says, God, that we would be able to have them, Lord, that we would not fall, that we would not, as men, be faltered, Lord God, but that we would be strengthened, God. I pray, God, that you would help us to continue, God, on this journey, God, of strengthening, Lord, that you would help us, God, as men, God, in our minds and our hearts and our emotions, Lord, that we would begin to exhibit these qualities in a new level, Lord God. I do pray, God, for a greater love on us, a greater brotherly affection, a greater godliness, steadfastness, self-control, more knowledge and virtue, Lord, on us as the men of the house, that we and our families would be blessed, Lord. We thank you, God, and I seal, I seal all the work and the reflection that you did in this room just now. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Come on, a remnant said, amen. amen, amen. Remnant, here's this month's game plan. Are you ready? Let's go. Number one, big news, the app is updated. And man, it looks so good. Love the Remnant app. And so many of you guys tell me you know, how helpful it's been, how much you use it. We've got some great content on there, whether it's spiritual growth, practical advice, fatherhood, uh, relationships and marriage. There's even funny and cool things on there. And so if you want to submit something, submit it on the app, interact and engage with the content on there. You can download it at remnantman.com forward slash app. Apple and Android users, we got you covered. And here's a pro tip turn on auto updates. We're sending bug fixes and little tweaks here and there uh, periodically. So make sure your updates are on. That way you have the latest version of the app so that it's working optimally on your device. Number two, our next Remnant event is coming up. Every first Tuesday, we have something that we do from Remnant for the men. And so to see our next event, go to remnantman.com forward slash events. If you're local in the New England area, I'd encourage you to come out. We have we have services right here. They're, they're awesome. We have events that we do. And man, every single month is so unique and so special. So I'd love for you to come and be a part of that. Number three, last but not least, we recently dropped a blog. We have a Remnant blog with writings from the Remnant for the Remnant. And we've already got quite a few posts up there. Many of you guys have been liking and interacting and sharing with them. So we're going to keep working on this thing. There's one I recently 
recently did on there uh, on leading yourself, where I lay out a very practical things uh, thing on how to uh, self-evaluate. It's called RPMS. I think you're going to really like it. Check it out. Comment, like, share it with somebody. It's remnantman.com slash blog. So to see everything I talked about here and more, you know where to go, Remnant? Remnantman.com. And if you haven't yet, subscribe. Go to remnantman.com slash subscribe and you'll get the latest updates. You'll be the first to get a monthly report from me on what's happening in Remnant for that month. God bless the Remnant. This Remnant podcast is brought to you by Covenant Eyes. There's a statistic that says that 94% of men have seen porn and it can very quickly and easily become a serious addiction where you find yourself stuck, alone, and ashamed. The good news is with Covenant Eyes, you can experience freedom by walking in transparency and accountability today. Here's how it works. You choose someone who you know and you trust to be your ally. It could be a friend, your wife, a leader, a pastor, and then you add covenant eyes onto all of your devices, mobile, desktop. This thing works on everything. The app will track your activity and it will share it to your ally directly. It's really that simple and it works really well. You can try it for free for 30 days right now by visiting covenanteyes.com and entering the promo code REMNANTMAN at checkout. That's covenanteyes.com, promo code REMNANTMAN. Victory over porn is possible. Walk in victory and freedom today. Covenanteyes.com, promo code REMNANTMAN.